0: You're a conscious luminary and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Dog Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. Today we have an incredible guest with us here, Digipedia. Digitpedia is a poet and abstract artist who has been writing poetry for around 20 years. He has a diverse history in engineering and large-scale project and has set his intention on expanding on his creative expression and improving how he works with many mediums in the NFT community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's dive into your story, BC, Before Crypto.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Doc. It's, it's so amazing being here. Uh, I, it's, it's my pleasure. And so uh, happy to be able to share my story and to be able to share uh, my art with you today. So hi, I'm Digipedia as Doc beautifully and so, so, so perfectly uh, introduced me. I, I, I'm actually an engineer by, by training, but before I actually got into engineering, I've been writing poetry. So uh, poetry is something that I discovered at a very early age. Uh, writing small quatrains to writing short poems, to then understanding what poetry is, what poetic expression is, and experimenting it with it wildly. Like there was no that mm. there was no range that I could not uh, try and achieve. There was no language that I would refrain from, no form of expression either crude, refined, uh, serene, satirical any kind of expression, because the point was to improve my craft, to see what I could write. And I kept on writing. And I found that the more I wrote, the more my inclination went towards storytelling, like to understand that there are concepts. uh, See, when you start writing any kind of writing, right? Whether it is prose, poetry, especially poetry, this this is more, uh, you know, very much true for poetry is that we start with the concept of I, what I feel. What my feelings have been? What have I gone through? Uh, like, you know, when the most common theme here is love, right? So all of us are humans. And a part of the human condition is to, to love, to, yes. to give love and to expect it back. And, you know, everybody has been through it at some point in their lives. Or, you know, every creature. But being human, we have the, 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 uh, the gift of expressing it in a very universal manner such that it can be shared across all generations you know so we always start with i but as i started writing and matured i realized that uh, i was a more observant person like i, I would observe things out there i would observe interpersonal relationships i would observe large uh, uh, machineries i always had an obsession with machineries like you know huge moving objects and i i loved uh, taking understanding them taking it apart in my mind and what what goes and that's why i'm also a very good engineer because i have worked very hard to understand those concepts that mindset when i when, when started uh, when i started to get into the poetic space what happened was uh, i wanted to tell stories untold mm. stories i wanted to express the yeah. moment like if you and i are talking what is, on the face of it there's a good conversation we are having I can talk about you, I can talk about myself and the conversation we're having. But there is still a, a subliminal dialogue going beyond this. There's an undercurrent. So I started, yeah. why not explore that undercurrent? Mm. Why not try to understand or show that subversive or subliminal aspect that is often unseen or, or unspoken about? So I tried to, to push towards that narrative. And what happened was, I understood that I really am or really wanted to talk about stories, really wanted to talk about important aspects. Uh, Maybe it is just describing a mountain or a pen or something as mundane as a rock, but then how can I do it with as much beauty as as I can muster? There, it dawned on me that uh, uh, for me, my style, the best way to do it was keep it extremely simple, approachable, metered, rhyming way, such that the words flow and... The, the beauty of symmetry and flow is that it exists in nature, right? Like it's all around us. So it is very easy to connect with it. So the point of this approach was that if I wrote in this way, I wanted a, a child from middle school or high school to a professor who's teaching poetry and philosophy to understand, but then take away their meanings from it. Because the concept that I was putting inside is a very deep, it is studied and portrayed at a deeper level. And, you know, you you get what I'm trying to say, right? So if if I present a very well-made pasta, like if if, if there's a good spaghetti that I give to a child, he'll be happy. Oh, wow. Spaghetti. If I give it to a a hungry person, he'll be amazingly happy that there's a good food. But if I give it to a chef, he will analyze it to the level of ingredients, to how it's cooked, to, to the flavor palette, everything. And that is the beauty of a simple ingredient, a simple dish. If you master it so well and present a simple dish to anybody, everybody will love it, but then they will take away what, uh, what, what they put in it. So that's what I started to do with my poetry. And I realized that constrained writing, like I wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to keep it flowing. I wanted to keep it approachable. And you know that has really helped me develop my craft. So wow. before crypto, this was my approach. Like I started uh, writing a lot. I I wrote uh, I basically have self-published two books, and uh, you know uh, the, the story is 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 as uh, common for everybody who's been in writing that you know you go to blogs or you go to important magazines and you have to pay them to read your poetry and if you go to major publishers they're gonna you know sh- show you the door that's very common unless you are someone or know someone or has a lot of money which none of them fit my my criteria and I still wanted to express so you know. Uh, self-publishing is the best way yes. I felt at that time. And I went for it. Like, you know, I'm not going to stop with that. It's okay. Like, do you don't want me? I'll, I'll push some in some other way. I did that. And, uh, it w- something great happened in the, in this, in this time. I, I, my, I have a good, I have a few good, f- good friends who are amazing painters who display in a lot of galleries. And I used to hang out with them and discuss art theory. I had a lot of appreciation for art, for, like, you know, since when I was growing up, I used to go to galleries and I used to hang out with these friends. I thought, why not let me try and just paint? And there was a different kind of expressive joy that I found. And I started painting. So, you know, the creative journey and the process just added on and made me rich. I feel. So that was that was BC
0: before crypto. Before crypto. <laughs> just picking up art and learning more. I love it. Your story is really incredible. And it speaks to my soul because as a poet myself, I understand that the the desire to fully express without constrained techniques. And I know we're going to get into three ways to express yourself creatively through constrained techniques, but as a poet, you don't want to have those constraints. You want to be able to freely flow. And so one of the things that I know that you say often or your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, what's it called your distinct quote is if it looks simple, it's on purpose. Yes. Can yes. you, can you share with us more on what you mean by that? If you, if it looks simple, it's on purpose.
1: Oh, oh definitely. I think this is an extremely important point, especially in our times, you know, uh, in, in so much information overload and so much, I mean, Uh, you know, so many things out there. Personally, I believe that everybody is an artist. Yeah. Everybody who can hold the pen and write is a writer. Whether they write, I mean, you know, whether they write a word, a sentence or a whole novel, it it just depends on on their level of uh, acceptance of the craft and their level of willingness to commit to it. That's all. Everybody is a poet. Everybody is a writer and everybody is an artist. They don't know it or they didn't commit to it yet. So, What I thought was, uh, you know, it's very easy to overcomplicate something because once you have an analytical mind or or an observant mind, you start to observe minute details. And the more you observe the details, the more you find out that the most complex objects can be simplified or unraveled in a way that some of the simple objects cannot. I'll give you a small example. Hmm. Uh, If you look at, and this is just a simple example. Do you know why manholes or, you know, like, like those covers are round?
0: No, so, I do not.
1: Yeah, right? So manhole covers are round because if you try to open them or flip on them, they will not fall in. If they were oval or rectangular, they will fall inside whenever someone's trying to open them.
0: Interesting. Now
1: that is like the, the level, level zero of, of design thinking, right? Level zero. Like, why would you keep it round? Round is easy to manufacture. Round is easy to, to create. Round is easy to punch out, easy to maintain. I can repair it very simply. And every time I open the manhole, because the diameter is the same, it's not going to fall into the gutter. So I don't have to go in and fish it every time. Whereas anything else is possible with another shape. It is possible. Yeah. yeah. So you see, this is one of the things, like if it's simple, then there's a lot of thought that has gone behind it. Okay. I'll give you one more example. If, if uh, any of the listeners or you, you might not be aware, uh, are you aware of, of uh, Dieter Rams? So Dieter Rams was a designer, right? He was an incredible designer who used to work for Brown and B-R-A-U-N. So Brown was an amazing, uh, uh, still a, a brilliant company in Germany. And his design theory was that form over, uh, you know, the, the function should not be compromised by form. Rather, the form that you give to an object should augment the function in a way that it beautifies it and simplifies it and makes it more intuitive what the Hmm. object is for. Now, now it gets clear what I'm trying to say, right? So if I am writing a poem that appears like it's a very simple four verse, 16 line poem, it is simple. It is meant to be simple, but I didn't write it just by grabbing a pen on a paper. I actually put a lot of thought into it. How I will structure, what is the opening verse? What is the body? And what are the, what is the closing line? Such that the last line will deliver the punch and tie the whole thing up. That there are no holes in that story. If I'm writing four verses or 40 verses, the whole construct is made such or made in such a way that it is telling a whole story. It has been constructed in a simple way, just because of its simplicity. It's not a simple or, or a mundane object or a mundane approach. And I take the same thing into my abstract art as well.
0: Yes. Yes. This is all making sense. It's if it's simple, if it looks simple, it's on purpose. If it looks like a simple flow with a simple message, it's on purpose, but it has that deeper underlying message. And I would love to dive in deeper into this. I would love to touch on your name, Digipedia. Why do you go? Is this a given name or is it something that you've chosen to go by and, and why?
1: It's actually a funny story. And please don't make fun of me when you hear it. Uh, so back in college, like, you know, uh, a, a undergrad school, right? We used to live in dorms and everything. And you know how dorms are, right? They have a, they have a crazy nickname for everybody. Like all your, your hostel mates or people you live with, it's, it's just, it's crazy but it's, it's also the best time. Uh, it so happened that I used to, I had this habit of learning a lot. I would latch onto any piece of information, explore it and keep on learning or refining every minute. Like it's something that I and I do to, to this day. I just cannot sit still. I have to maybe express myself, learn something or do something new, you know? Uh, so what happened was uh, even back then and even now, I always had some piece of information about something like if someone said, okay, have you heard, have you, have you, have you heard about this? And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know about this, blah, blah, blah. And bam. And then someone would say, Oh dude, d- d- do you know about the, this natural phenomenon? And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, this is this bam, bam, bam. So it was like, dude, you're like a walking Wikipedia man. Like what, what, what the hell? And digipedia is actually very close to my name. Digi is like very close to my real name, like eerily oh close. And people used to call me Digi even before that. So they're like, dude, you're Digipedia. Like, this is crazy. You're the Digipedia. Digipedia. And that means the-
0: I love yeah. it. I love it. So Digipedia, let's get into it. Like, let's tap open that, that Wikipedia inside you. And I would love <laughs> to hear more on these three ways to express yourself creatively through constrained techniques. What are these three ways and how do we tap into it to really fully express ourselves?
1: Yes, that is something that I sort of, uh, uh, you know, learned myself. Uh, And these lessons are basically something that I apply to myself and have worked very well for me. But, uh, you know, you you know how it is, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. goes on their own way and there are a lot of uh, schools of thought. So this is something that I live by and I abide by. So when I say to, to constrain yourself, there are many ways to constrain yourself, right? Okay, I'll give you... First, I'll start with three examples of how I constrain myself and then break it down into the, into the, the ways. Poetically, I explain how I constrain myself through, through, uh, uh, through, through rhyme and through accessibility. Like it has to be simple. Uh, painting. When I, when I paint, I only use six colors. Red, green, blue, yellow, white, and black. And I do not use any more than six colors. You can, you can see my collections on OpenSea, uh, there there are multiple paintings that I've done one sold out collection and many other paintings over there. I have only used six colors in, you know, in some of them, you cannot tell because again, like, you know, it's on purpose. That simplicity is on purpose, Mm -hmm. but I only use six colors because it forces me to learn new techniques or express in a different way than Mm -hmm. is common. I don't just want to keep doing the same thing, but this constraint helps me now challenge myself, so I get better. Wow. And if you've seen my uh, augmented reality poetry, like uh, on, on Foundation, yeah, so those three D poems now have a physical structure and a, a verbal structure both to them, and I try to constrain or restrain them to a physical shape so that it becomes easier to understand verbally what you're looking at. Once you know what you're looking at, you start reading the words and then, oh, oh, okay, so this is supposed to be a swing. Oh, this is supposed to be a pyramid. Okay, fine. And then you realize the inherent structure inside the construction of the pyramid, how the syllables flow, how the word flows, and then the whole meaning when the whole poem is put together. So so the three ways that I do practically are these. Now, to break it down to how to, how to approach any creative problem. First is, uh, very first thing is, what do you want to do? So this is a huge question, right? Like, what do you want to express? So restrict yourself to what you're best at. If you are a painter, say, or if you are a, 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 a poet or writer or any, say, if you want to, if you want to write for prose, right? Say, okay, I'll write an essay. Now restrict yourself to only 300 words. Like I will write an essay only for 300 words long. And then challenge yourself to produce the best essay on that topic mm. with only 300 words. And trust me, it gets challenging. It gets yeah. very challenging very fast because anybody can turn out three words, or oh, sorry 300 words, but quality 300 words that are cohesive, that contain a story and that flow beautifully is very difficult. And then you start learning, oh my God, this is a whole new skill. So first, constrain yourself in what you're trying to do. Second, constrain, constrain yourself in how you're going to do it. What I mean, say you want to write again, let's stick to the essay. Say you want to write an essay and you say that, okay, uh, I'm going to write an essay, but I'm not going to use any descriptive language or any, any flowery language. So uh, if I, so when I say flowery language, it means a lot of filler language. Like I can say the same sentence in five words, as, as my ability to say it in 30, 40 words. Mm. And we all know this, that it is, it is possible. So second is constrain how you want to do it, whether you want to keep it sharp, simple, crisp, or you want to keep it as big as possible. Again, when you say, okay, I will only say the sentence in five words, it gets challenging very fast. Mm-hmm. And it is possible to, to use economy of words in a way that it can you know it conducts the most meaning in the least amount of words. Yeah. So that is constraint number two. Okay. Now, number three is understand what your story is. So first we said what you're trying to do. Second, how are you going to do it? Third, what is it that you want to convey? Which means what do you want the reader or the viewer to take away from it? Now, if I'm going to to, uh, tell a story about, say, uh, a, a small brook, right? flowing gently across the, the, in a forest or somewhere else. I can talk about how it, uh, how the brook came from a spring and how it flowed down beautiful rocks that they showed the glimmering water, the pine cones fell inside it and how they, they split. I can go on and on and on. But now that you've said, okay, 300 words, second, now you've said that, okay, I'm only going to use simple language. Third, what do you want the reader to take away? You have to conduct the whole story of the brook in a strict manner such that they know that this is what it is about. They, they can take, the, take their own meaning away. They can assess it how they want, but they should be able to understand this is exactly what this guy is trying to say. And then when you bring these three constraints together, you have a very solid piece. Wow. Like even if you don't know what you're doing, you will come up with a solid product.
0: Okay. Okay. This is, so this is all making sense. Um, and I I'm grateful for you for taking us through these three constraint techniques. So my understanding is that you are putting these constraints on yourself so that you can bring out more of your expertise. So, um, thank you again for sharing that with us. Is there some other reason that I'm not quite uh, understanding as to why you want to incur these constraint techniques on your work?
1: Joe, that's actually a very good question. So the, uh, uh, the reason I put basic constraints on myself in my expression is to challenge my creativity. If I am going to take one style that works for me, good, it's fantastic. I, I, I've, I've achieved something singular, but I am not a person, this, and again, this is something that I believe for myself. I'm not a person who's going to be content with, uh, you know, being boxed in. Yeah. So, you know, I would rather be boxed in, in a way that enhances my creativity rather than just, you know, limits my potential. And this yes. is why I did.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I love this. I love this topic here. I want you to, um, have some, a moment to dive in and share with us, the projects that you're currently working on. You mentioned that some of your projects are on foundation. I know that you might also have projects on, um, OpenSea. Can you share with us briefly on what these projects entail?
1: Yes. I uh, thank you for actually, uh, you know, shedding light on them. So, uh, uh, okay, let's, let's go back on from, from the beginning. I, I've been writing a lot of poetry. So, uh, Starting poetically, I have a lot of, I had a lot of text on photograph poems on Dunk, right? On Hen, which is the marketplace on Tezos. So most of them sold out. Uh, the, I was then selected for Ether Poems or, you know, Ether Poems is a, it was a curated poetry project where it was a spoken word. So, so you know, basically we had to narrate uh, on a video or basically in a video format, narrate on a, on a video or a picture. And then create a whole audio-visual experience. So I have five of these poems on OpenSea. And, you know, uh, so uh, these poems are like small video poems, a minute long. And these are my standard 16-line poems, you know, Uh, very short, very concise, but they contain a whole lot of meaning into it. And again, like, you know, when I paired them with music, so there's one poem that is called Nocturne. I also listen to a lot of uh, classical music. So if you know Chopin, like uh, F- Frederick Chopin, Chopin's Nocturne inspired me to write that. And I put, took the royalty-free music of Chopin, which was available online, and the narrator on top of it. So the, the music is now you listen to it and you read what, I, what that music is speaking. Like, you know, what it's trying to say through my words. And that becomes a powerful experience. So wow. there is one collection of poetry. There is, a, so then I moved on to a further poetic expression. Like everything is just words on a surface, words on a paper, words on a screen. But how do I change the way we experience poetry? So then I said, okay, let me do something radical, something that people have never seen. And I went with 3D, 3D capable poetry. So those words that float in space, you can take them wherever you want. And you can juxtapose them in your surrounding. So it basically yes. augmented reality. And that's how I pushed the narrative. And it was very well yes. received. Like that's- that, those are the pieces you see in foundation when you just land there. The augmented Love reality it. works, you know? Love those it. Are, those were really well received. I'm, I'm really happy.
0: Yes. And this is actually what drew me to you, honestly, to connect with you. Because I had to tap into this mind of this artist who was expressing in this amazingly creative way. So thank you so much for sharing that. If it looks simple, it's on purpose. So before we close today, I would love for you to touch on how we can connect with you further and take a peek at your work as well as join in on your open mic sessions that you host weekly and bring in people from all over the world to express their poetry.
1: Yes. And this is something that I'm really passionate about, you know, like giving people a platform, like let them, I, like I said, every person is a poet and I want to hear their poetry and I want them to be able to share it freely. So every Friday, 1 PM Eastern, I hold uh, a Twitter spaces. So uh, my profile on Twitter is Digipedia. Uh, the handle is at d 3 t 3 You can reach me on Twitter. I'm, I'm fairly active over there. I will respond to your DMs or your queries. You can join the Open Mic, the Poetry Open Mic, and we'd be more than happy to listen to you as you have, Doc, and you know how it is. So yes. it would be amazing to have more people come in and express themselves. You can check my foundation, OpenSea. I, everywhere it's the same. It's Digipedia, D-I-G-I-P-E-D-I-A. So you can just uh, go to OpenC slash Digipedia. You can go to Foundation slash Digipedia or Hikidnang slash Digipedia. I mean, there's a Tezos address but there is a different link to it. All of them can be found in my bio on on Twitter, as well as, uh, you know, you can just reach out to me or go to these platforms and see my work
0: for yourself. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much again for sharing with us your your light and your insight today, Digipedia. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. This has been wonderful. Mm. Really appreciate you doing this. You're so very welcome. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold, a genuine, original, loving dreamer, as you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay Gold.